I'm Jill Moore. I'm one of the winter moms here, and um, we're going to be talking this morning about being anchored in strength, in Christ's strength. Um, so Allison and I are really happy to be here this morning. Um, let's pray, and then we'll kind of introduce ourselves a little bit better. Dear Lord, you are good, uh, and we are privileged to be here this morning to hear about you and learn about you. And Lord, my prayer this morning is that um, the words that we speak would be yours and that we would not be in the way of anything that you would love to um, tell these women this morning. And I pray that each one would take something with them today that would um, bless them. Um, thank you for your word and your truth and that we know that they never return void. It is in your name we pray. Amen. So again, good morning. I'm Jill Moore. Um, I have a little picture of my family just to introduce them, me. Uh, my husband is Doug. That's him there. Uh, he is in the construction insurance business. We've been married for 25 years this Woo-hoo. summer. Oh yeah. Um, and we've been at Watermark probably about 13 or 14 years. I'm not sure. Right around there. Um, so this is my, our family, our kids. Brooke is there standing by me. Uh, she is 17, going to be a senior next year um, at Covenant. And then Benson is my boy. He's 21, and he is finishing up his second year at West Point. So... Um, Anyway, and that's me, the little short one in the middle that everyone grew past. Um, Anyway, so really just the stories I'm going to tell today, just good for you to be able to see who we are. And um, that's all I have, Allison. Just introduce yourself. Absolutely. My name's Allison Treadaway, and I have the privilege of getting to serve and be a part of the nest here. Um, My people is a little less glamorous photo. Um, That's our Easter photo. Yeah, (laughs) I saw all yours. They were cute and prim and proper. And mine, that's all I got. Uh, Y'all, I'm going on four and a half years, my little one, four and a half years of trying to get the best Easter photo. And this, it's not working for me. So I've been married to Marshall, Mountain Man Marshall, for 12 years now. We met at Texas A&M. Thank you. Um, my oldest, Parker, is nine. He's in third grade. Callie, who's beautiful and chopped her hair off now. It's short. It's long there. Anyway, she's seven in first, first grade, and my youngest is Tucker. He's four and a half. And so, ladies, I started coming to the nest. It used to be called Building Blocks um, in 2008. My son was born in April. I started coming right away, like that next summer or that next year. Um, because I just needed to be nurtured, encouraged, and strengthened and trained as a mom. And so it has been my privilege and blessing to watch this ministry grow and see God bring it. And I often get led to tears when I'm up here. So if I randomly break out in tears, (laughs) just know it's because I'm just passionate about this and I'm excited about y'all. So um, with that, we're going to get started. And so I need to start with a confession. And that confession is that I am a sucker for fight songs. Um, What I mean by that is you need to know that if you were by me in my minivan this morning, windows were down, and I was jamming out. Some of you parked next to me in the parking lot. I'm talking, I believe I can fly by R. Kelly. Yeah, I said it. If I can see it, then I can do it. If I believe it, there's nothing to it. I believe I can fly. Anybody? Yeah, says my age. Um, I'm a survivor by Destiny's Child. Totally. I'm a survivor. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to make it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, next one, a little bit of Eminem action. Yeah, I said it. Lose yourself, y'all. You got one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted. The moment you own it, you better never let it go. Thank you, Karen Cruz. She's jamming. <laughs> if you remember about a year and a half ago, Make War, I was like dancing on stage to it. So embarrassing when I looked back at that, but I did. And so for all of you that I just lost complete credibility with because I quoted rap music, um, Kelly Clarkson, <clears throat> stronger, old, old. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Stand a little taller. What doesn't kill you makes you a fighter. Footsteps a little lighter. Katy Perry. Oh, that's that Rise Olympic song. Y'all, every time I saw it on the commer commercials a few years ago, in tears, welling up in my eyes. And you need to know that it was on like full blast in my car on the way here. Because I won't survive. Oh, you'll see me thrive. She's laughing. Can't write my story. I'm on the archetype. I won't conform no matter how you shake my core. Just, I'm mean, laughing because I don't know any of these songs. So I know, right? Come on. I mean, that just like, doesn't that make you like, yeah, you know, a little bit of that. Um, and then for those of you that are like, what is she talking about? And you're completely in kid world. Trolls. I'm not, I'm giving up, not giving up today. Everybody in the room was like, you got me on that one. I'm um, not going to give up. There's nothing getting in my way. You knock, knock me over. I'll get back up again. And then sing. The music sing. My sweet community group has heard me so many times. I'm in love with that movie for so many reasons. And I almost spent about five minutes today unpacking why, but I decided not to. It was a poor use of time. Um, but there is a song on there called Set It All Free. I, anybody with the porcupine and she starts beating that foot and she's jamming out the porcupine. That's what I said. Um, watch the movie. It's amazing. Um, I picked up all the pieces, glue in my hands, sticking to the plan that says I can. I can do anything at all. This is my kiss, forgot, kiss goodbye. Watch. You can stand alone and watch me fly because nothing's going to keep me down. Okay. Are y'all just like totally jazzed right now? Because I kind of am. Love these songs. And these songs resonate with me. And I know they resonate with you because there's something we need to be reminded of on a daily basis. Um, we need to be reminded that we can do it. We do have what it takes. We can thrive. But the thing is, there's a subtle lie in those songs that we have to recognize and unpack, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to be camping out looking at Hebrews 12, 12 through 13, and it says, take a new grip with your tired hands, strengthen your weak knees, mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Our first point today is found in those first four words, take a new grip. To be anchored in strength first means we need to reset our mind about what it means to be strong. Just like when you're exercising, there's times you like lose your breath and you're worn out, you got to stop, take a deep breath, grab some water, get your thoughts together, throw on some Katy Perry, right, and reset. Um, as much as I love these songs and I am listening to them on a regular basis, there's a subtle lie that I've already said that tells us that our strength comes from ourselves. And the thing is, y'all, when we rely on ourselves for strength, that's called self-reliance, and self-reliance will eventually lead to disappointment because it's unreliable. We can dig deep. We can effort with all we've got, but eventually we're going to grow weary from the waves that are rocking our boats. And the songs, the reason some of those songs mean so much to me is because, I'm going to quote it, Katy Perry song, my roots, they run deep, but I call on my angels and they remind me, don't doubt it, victory's in your veins, 
I won't negotiate. When the fire's at my feet, vultures swirling, she's saying, hey, like, it reminds me like you're, um, uh, when she's like, I call on my angels. It's like, ugh, when I feel defeated, when I feel weary, when I feel exhausted by the life of being a mom and all that we do, I have to remind myself, reach out to my angels to remind me, my community group, my God, to remind me, hey, you can do this. And that, um, and that, that set it all free song that I'm in love with right now, I like when she says, I'm sticking to the plan that says I can do anything at all. And the plan we're sticking to is not that we have within us this ultimate strength that was going to survive anything that's of our own. The strength that we have, the reason we're strong enough to overcome, to do this, to thrive, to see the opportunity, to get back up again, to pick up the pieces and fly, our strength is not of our own. It comes from our strength being founded in Him. You see, if you've trusted in Christ's provision, His resurrection, His redemption of your sins, then His Spirit dwells within you and you have what it takes to do all of those things. It's not by your own strength, it's by his strength that you can seize the opportunity, you can overcome, you can thrive. And whether that's in the tsunami that just hit your house, it's a a diagnosis that you didn't want, or a husband admitting some sort of moral failure or sin that's gotten you, or it it could just be, I mean, man, I've told my kid 100 times, to stop that and he won't stop. It could be you go home today and and the floors are dirty again, the crumbs, I just swept before we left, where did they come from? I just did that this week, you know? And it's the laundry that's mounting and it's the, the stuff that just doesn't end and you're tired and you're like, good night, you know? So it could be we just need strength to do the daily. And you guys, God's word, it renews our souls. And it says in here, Um, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like that of a deer and and enables me. I have these verses next, thanks. Um, He says, he gives strength to the weary and increases their power. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagle. They will run and not go weary. He says, surely the Lord himself, he's my strength and he's my defense. It says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy with my song. I praise him. The Lord is the strength of his people, a fortress. Paul says to the church, which is you and which is me in Ephesians, I pray that out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with the power within you that through the Holy Spirit. In Timothy, he's talking to um, his disciple Timothy and and Timothy says, thank Christ who has given me strength. And then my prayer today, our prayer today for y'all is may our Lord Jesus Christ himself strengthen your hearts because you see self-reliant strength is going to eventually disappoint you. It's going to fail you. It's going to leave you discouraged. But the strength that comes from him is perfectly and 100% sufficient. Um, Y'all, there are times I get exhausted and many times this week it happens. See the tears. And, uh, and I mean, I remember last couple of weeks ago, she was totally tired. And I'm tired from shepherding my kids and their different, three different personalities and genders and ages and interests and needs and, and my husband and his job and what he's going through and trying to be that, that patient, caring, loving, supportive wife, friend, sister, daughter, um, you know, managing all the things in my home. My kids are older. So they have schedules and friendships and relationships and 
challenges and, you know, email from the school, my son's teacher about something, you know, like they have, it's all, you just, you know, you're juggling, just the balls are everywhere. And just being on top of all of that, and we mentor newly married couples. I think about y'all all the time to how we're going to nurture, encourage, and strengthen and train the women of this church that, that come to the nest. Um, and my fleshly tendencies, I get overwhelmed because I'm like, Lord, I can't, I can't do it all. Like, I want to, dang it. You know, Katy Perry's in my ear. You know, I, I'm going to thrive and overcome. You, the nail's not in the coffin yet. You will see me. You know, like, that's in me. Like, mm, this fight's in me. But I get tired and I get exhausted. And then the Lord graciously reminds me of Mary and Martha. And if you don't know the story, this is the story. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary and who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came to him and said, Lord, I saw, this is what she did, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all this serving alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but the only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken from her. And so when we focus on what's on our plate, when I focus on all that's before me, I begin to feel overwhelmed, and then I muscle through it, and then I grow exhausted, and then I feel I can't do it, and then I feel like a failure, and then I feel shame and guilt, and that just happens. And, and the thing is, I think in those moments, I think Martha in the story bought the lie that she can do it all on her own. And I think when we're in those moments, we're buying the lie that we can't do it all, we can do it all on our own. And the thing is... Um, the thing is, we need his help. And so when I lean into my own strength, I go weary, I go frustrated like Martha. I get irritated at my husband because he's not helping more. I see my kids as inconveniences. Anybody? Anybody? I see everyone and everything else in my world as a drain on my energy and my time. Um, but he, what he says here to Martha is what we need to heed carefully, or we need to listen to carefully and heed. He says, Mary, or Martha, Martha, you are hot and bothered about all these things. Uh-huh. But... I think you said that. Did I say it? I don't think you said that. I didn't say it. Okay. I know. He, no, you did. Oh, he I didn't say he that. Didn't say hot. He, he just said you're just... You're... Mm-hmm. Not hot. <laughs> not hot and bothered. Okay. I had to read Worried and bothered. My that. bad. Okay. There we have it. No. Um, you are... Ma- I'm lost now. I'm, I'm sorry. Lost. Okay. You're worried and bothered about all these things, but Mary has chosen the one thing that is necessary right now, and I'm not going to take it from her. What he's saying is, Martha, 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 your priorities are aligned. You think right now your strength is in you, and right now you need to reset. You need to come back to me. I am your ultimate sufficient strength. Reset, refuel, then go back out and do the things before you. He says to her, you've grown weary and tired and irritable because you're leaning on you and not on me. And the most important thing right now in this moment of your frustration is for you to sit be with me, be refueled, and then go about what's before you. There's still dishes to do and mouths to be fed and floors to clean and bottoms to wipe and parenting that needs to happen and support of your husband and your friend. All those things are still there. But if you just keep muscling through, you're going to get weary, and you have, and now you're weary. So now come to me, reset, remember where your strength comes from, and then let's get after it, right? That's what he says. And so right now, I'd like you to take a few minutes to discuss at your table, 
Where are you tired and growing, feeling weak? And where do you lean into self-reliance instead of leaning or relying on his strength? So take a few minutes for that and we'll bring you back up. Okay, good discussion. Y'all ready to keep moving? Keep those things in mind that you're talking about and that you're thinking about. Um, I, so, so we've looked at Hebrews 12.12, 12, um, telling us to be anchored in strength means to first reset. That was our first point, And remind ourselves that that self-reliance is not going to last. Um, but now our second point we're going to move on, and our second R is going to be rely. We always want to try to help y'all remember things when you leave here. So reset and rely. Um, we're going to move into Hebrews 12, 13, the very next verse, which says, mark a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. So marking a straight path for our feet means walking in God's ways. It means relying on him, um, his strength to do it instead of our own, walking in his ways instead of our own. Um, cause we just keep defaulting back to our own. I mean, we all do that. So um, to be anchored in his strength, just where do I need to exchange my weakness for his strength? Um, so I, I wanted to just share a couple of things that Psalms that I go back to when I need this strength. Psalm 18.1 is beautiful. Just the first little line, I love you, O Lord, my strength. I mean, sometimes I just have to say that out loud. I love you, O Lord, my strength. Uh, Psalm 81.1, sing praises to God, our strength. And that's another way that I just, I mean, a lot of times I'm just walking around my house singing. And I know that if my heart needs to be changed, if my heart's cloudy, um, like we say in our community group, right, Millie? Um, then I need music. I mean, for me, that is what does it. I turn it on in the car. I make myself turn it on instead of the news. And then before long, it is, I am different when I sing. So um, I love that 81-1, sing praises mm-hmm. to God, our strength. Okay, so how do we anchor ourselves in his strength? Um, I was going to say Allison and I kind of broke this down, but the Lord has been talking to us separately, and it is so cool that when we come together to meet, we've got the same ideas. So the Lord gave us these four ideas about how that we can do this. So we're going to start and talk about identifying where we need to trade our our strength, our weaker strength for his. And two, we're going to talk about being honest with God, with ourselves and with others about those things. We're going to talk about asking for help and accountability. And then we're going to talk about being expectant. And hopefully these are things that we can take home with us and and really put to work. So we're going to look at them one by one, but identifying our weaknesses, the places like you were just talking about is a big deal. That's going to be where we spend really most of our time this morning. Um, and hopefully your, your handout will help you kind of follow along. Um, <clears throat> so we, bro- we broke it down even further into um, his, his strength and our weakness. That's our big section. His strength in our weariness. No, I'm sorry. That is one of the things, but that's not a big topic. His strength in our weakness, his strength in our waiting, his strength in our walking through every day. Do you see those on your handout? Okay, so his strength in our weaknesses. Um, first, we need to see what they are. So where do you go? What do you, where do you go when you're not relying on him, when you're relying on your own strength? Um, how do you res- when is it that you respond in a way that you don't want to? Um, <clears throat> so for me, I 
when I get, like Allison was talking about, frustrated, I tend to go to self-absorption. I start thinking, okay, how does this affect me? You know, this is, this is hard for me. And I, I shift my focus off of everybody else and right to myself. Um, I used to go down the road of worry. That was my default. Um, and I'll tell you a story later, but I don't do that anymore, which is so awesome. Um, but for you, maybe it is worry. Think about your, your ditches, like uh, Allison said. Is it, do you get defensive? I know I do. Um, maybe self-reliance. Maybe you go to insecurity, to anger, to blame, to um, guilt or shame, getting discontent. Okay, so maybe you go to food, maybe you go to wine, maybe you go to spending. Um, there is, we go all these places, we all do it. Um, but guess what, you know what, we don't have to. We don't have to do it. We, we can stay, we are free from those things. Um, <clears throat> Galatians 5.1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And so do not allow yourself, it says, to it says, stand firm and then do not let yourselves be yoked again by slavery. Galatians 5.1, that's a big one. Okay, so what else does his word say about me being weak? Um, I'm going to read this one, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. It says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest on me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses, in the insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Just let that sink in for a minute. When I am weak, then I am strong. Second Corinthians 5.17 tells me that I belong to Christ. I'm a new creation. The old me, the old life is gone, and the new life has come. And then Lamentations 3 tells me God's mercy is new to me every morning. So I have a chance every single day to reset and rely in more than once a day. Um, and just even in the previous chapter of Hebrews 11, verse, I think it's 34, mm-hmm. God was talking about all of his people. And if you just jump back into that chapter before, it says their weaknesses were turned to strengths. So he's not kidding. He can do it. Um, our weaknesses then don't, obviously, they don't define us. They don't keep us down, and they really don't disqualify us from anything that he wants to do. Even in, I mean, he wants to make us strong, even in the journey, like, I think it was two days ago, Psalm eighty-nine, seventeen, just jumped out. It said, it pleases you to make us strong. So, I love that. Um, I do have a <clears throat> story about how, some of y'all have heard my story about this before, but um, how he made me strong and really one of my weaknesses, I really used to go straight to worry all the time. It really had become a habit for me. Um, I just would think about the what ifs, the worst case scenarios. I would think really mainly regarding my kids. I mean, I know that you guys can identify with that. That is one of our fertile grounds for worry is our children, whether it's a baby in the womb or whether it's a a newborn or a toddler or, I mean, believe me, a 21-year-old, it may, might even be more fertile ground for worry, um, but just a different kind of worry. Um, but anyway, I would let myself do that, just 
spend time, you know, generating thoughts and, and believing lies, actually. And eventually, um, <clears throat> that affected me physically. I mean, it led really to a year of chronic nausea. Um, and, and I didn't know what was going on at the time. I didn't know why I was doing that. But then I got afraid about that, and it just snowballed and led to anxiety and eventually to some depression, which was very scary. So anyway, I asked the Lord in that. I didn't know what was happening to me. Show me my sin. Do I, am I messing up here? What, what am I doing? He was super faithful to gently say, hey, your thoughts are out of control. This is not what I have for you. Um, so he'll be faithful to tell us when we ask him what's our sin. Um, but I did repent. I started down a new road. I asked him to forgive me, I, I, and he showed me a lot of things, but especially Philippians 4, 8 that says, Jill, whatever's true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, if anything is of good report, think about these things. And he was saying, don't think about the other things. Those are lies. <clears throat> so I started to work on it. I started, rep- and I don't know if y'all know this, but I learned this in my journey, but we can't just push a thought out. We have to replace it with something else to be think. I mean, we get to choose what we think about. So, but you can't just push it out. You have to replace it. So that was something I learned. I started doing this. I started practicing all the time. It was like, and, and I was feeling better, which was great um, as I did it. But he just started to transform me in that way and let me rely on the strength of his truth. And so um, <clears throat> I started to take my thoughts captive. And now, y'all, that's what I do. I do it all the time. I mean, there are very rarely times that I worry. And I can just say, I praise the Lord. I am no longer a slave to worry and fear and anxiety. I just don't go there. So if you want to know if he can do it, he can do it. If he can do it with me, he can do it with anybody. Um, So am I tempted to worry and be afraid? Okay, yes, I am all the time. I mean, so I have plenty of times to practice on this. And Millie's just laughing because she lives it with me. Um, And I mean, I have a son who's training to be in the army. So do I have things I can worry about? Yes, I do. Um, But it is the most beautiful thing for me to look and think, hey, I'm okay. Like, I'm really... Lord, your promises are true. Um, so I'm walking a different path. I can enjoy his peace in, you know, any circumstance, I believe. And I love that. So um, anyway, just a story. But let's move on to now his strength in our waiting, okay? So what, just think about, you know, for a minute, what are you, what are you waiting for? I'm sure that everybody in here is waiting for something, <clears throat> I am waiting for God to heal someone that I love very, very deeply. Um, I am waiting for him to add more strength to my marriage before, before the empty nest comes in about a year mm-hmm. from now or a little more. Um, I'm waiting for him to show us where our daughter will go to college. Where, what city will she live in? You know, so there, there are always things. There are big things and little things. So think about what, are, what might you be waiting for. Um, where, you know, where, do you, where are you going to live? Where, you, where do you want to put your kids in school? Are you waiting for those answers? Are you waiting to, uh, you know, should you have another baby? Are you waiting to have a baby? I mean, think about it. 
and think about areas where you can trust him. Maybe you're waiting for a like-minded friend to come into your life. Maybe you're waiting for um, your loved one, some loved ones to turn to the Lord in their life. Um, employment. I mean, there are just so many things. Um, or just maybe you're waiting to be encouraged about something. Okay? So um, what does he say about waiting? <clears throat> and we, we read this already, but I'm going to go back a few verses on this. Uh, in Isaiah 40, and, and go back to 28, because it's beautiful. It says, have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the earth, of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. And he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord, those who wait on the Lord, in some versions, will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk <clears throat> and not faint. So y'all, I mean, while we wait, he's saying, while you're waiting, you're getting new strength from me if you want it. We can find new strength there. That's just what it says in black and white. He builds us up and he makes us stronger in all of our roles. We can be more useful to him as a wife, a sister, and a daughter, and a friend, and a mom, and just a child of his. So anyway, I had a fun um, also thing about waiting that I wanted to show you. So maybe the next slide, I think. I want you all to look at that. Some of you might know what I'm doing. So look at that one, and then look at the next slide. See, that's what that was. And the next one, and then the next one. Okay, so if y'all do the journey, obviously I, did, I do, and this book was mentioned in the journey not very long ago. It's called Zoom, and it's, it's a wordless book. It doesn't have any words, it just has pictures, and it starts in on that, that first little red picture that you saw, and it zooms all the way out into this huge scenario going on that we would never know from the first picture. Um, so I just, I recommend the book, but also just to remember that God's always working on that very, very big picture in our life, and that while we're waiting, he works, and we can see, can't see it when we're in it, but he can. And Romans 8 tells us and reminds us that he's working all those things together for our good, for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. So if that's you and you belong to Christ, he's talking to you. Um, all right, I'm going to move on to his strength in our walking, in our everyday walking, okay? So about walking, Colossians 2, I love it says, therefore, as you've received Christ, so walk in him. Um, rooted and built up, let your roots grow down deep into him and your lives be built up on him. And then it says, your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. So that's just a beautiful promise of us growing strong once again in him. Um, and every day, I mean, we need this strength, like we need fuel. We've got to continue to go back to that fueling station 
of time with him, time in his word, um, spending time just refilling our heart and our mind with his truth. Um, and remembering that he says, he says in Second Peter um, that by his divine power, only by his divine power do we have everything we need to live a godly life. So know he's going to give you every single thing you need. And another um, encouraging verse that I took when I was more in your stage, when my kids were little tiny, I remember I had it in my bathroom inside my cabinet in my first little house forever. It says, Second Chronicles 16.9, yeah, 16.9, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. So he's just looking to find you. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think those are the best promises. Do do you need strengthening in your heart somewhere today? Um, Think about your daily challenges. What are they? Um, And then Allison and I and and the Lord, like I said, um, just he brought these things to mind, these categories of our daily walking where we need strength. So we picked out some. Um, But the first one is relationships. So what does it practically look like to replace our measly strength with his in our relationships? Um, So I think most of us probably kind of have some of these same things going on. Um, It's easy to be all about me and all about my to-do list and all about my week, Um, but it takes strength to shift my focus onto somebody else and onto their circumstances and onto their week. You know what I mean? Um, It takes strength to invest deeply in a friendship. Um, It takes, it's easy to be a taker, but it takes strength to give of my time and my energy um, and my words even to someone else. Uh, It's easy to tell my friends about my problems or about my concerns, but it takes strength to listen um, really closely to to their concerns. Um, It's easy to give a quick and short answer, reply, a terse even. I love that word. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we talked about that word the other day. Um, Because she told me I was being terse. No, shh. (laughs) It was good. You're going to get me. I knew that (laughs) after I got you. Um, But it takes strength to give a reply that is kind and encouraging or a tone that is soft to my husband and my children. Identify anybody? Um, It's easy to overlook my own hurtful actions and be defensive, but it takes strength to go to that person and say, would you forgive me? Because I sounded not very good then. Not very terse. I mean, kind of terse. Um, And ask another person for forgiveness. Anyway. um, you, you get where I'm going. Sometimes it's, it, it's easy to let offenses pile up. Oh, I'm not going to have that hard conversation. But it takes strength to have that hard conversation with someone and clear the air and keep short accounts and clean hearts. Um, so think about, do you have any relationships that need repair, that need nurturing, extra grace, extra grace required, EGR? <laughs> um, <laughs> When we look at God's word, um, we see what relationship is most important to him. And that's the one with us, his, his children. Um, okay, so I have one more story, and then I think I'm, I'm moving to giving it to Allison. But I came to know Christ at a, 
well, I came to believe in Christ as a young girl. And um, this area of relationships, he had to really work hard on me. And now being, I'm 50 years old, I can look back and see what he was doing. But only recently have I really figured it all out, but, um, or at least as much as I have. But I valued relationships from a really young age. I wanted to have a best friend. I wanted to be um, somebody's best friend. I always really just valued those. And I, I wanted meaningful, meaningful relationships. And that was good. But I was fine. I started as I grew up, continuing to find, just starting to find my value there. That was my thing. Like I just thought I was only as good as my as the condition of my deepest friendship at the time, um, and I, I just bought that. and And I wanted to pursue those neat people even more than I wanted to put Christ in the center of my life and pursue Him. Um, I kind of was filling, you know, myself. If I was empty, I wanted people to be around. It was friends. It was boyfriends. It, I mean, it, it was kind of consistent. Um, great people, but they couldn't meet my needs like God wanted to meet my needs. And so when I finally, probably at the age of 25, I got tired, y'all. That's a long time of relying on kind of the wrong thing there. And I, I, I finally just tur- turned to the Lord and I said, you know what, I'm desperate here. What is wrong? And he started to teach me what unfailing love felt like. And, and I was shocked. And I just started changing from then on. And, and I've never been the same since then. And I, now I want all of him that I can have. And I strive to not put that burden on my friends or my family um, especially my husband or my children. I mm-hmm. e- take things personally easily. That's just another thing that I fight with. Um, but I, he still has to remind me, you know, I'm the one that can meet your needs. I'm the one that fills you up. And then out of the overflow, you get to have all these really cool relationships. Um, and even though the, the, they're all deep and godly, they still don't fill me the way that he does. Um, so he wants us to value him first and seek him first because he's the great filler of our hearts. So I think we're all getting this. I think we, we are seeing, I mean, how his strength is essential for us. We can't live without it in a very good way. Um, his strength will never, ever run out. And then we, we thought of another place, his strength in our weariness, mm. our weariness. Okay. So we're going to play a little game. If you're weary and you know it, clap your hands. If you're weary and you know it, clap your hands. If you're weary and you know it, then your life will surely show it. Not your face. Is your face face part of that? Yeah, I think maybe I sang it wrong. Your life will surely show it. Your face will surely show it. Um, So... There's weariness. We're weary, y'all. I mean, we have to do something about it, and it is called rest. Rest. We have to rest um, because we're weary. So I'm going to talk about physical rest. Then Allison's going to talk about a different kind of rest. But God really does set the perfect example for us on physical. I mean, well, he's not really a, you know, he, he showed us about rest when he created. Example. Um, the world in Genesis. He rested. He stopped. And then when we look at our 
our human um, example of God, Jesus, in the New Testament, he got away frequently by himself, away from the people, away from the disciples even, and just spent time with the Lord and just was alone. Um, And so we should follow those examples. Um, So physical rest, what does that look like for you? It's really something only you can do for yourself. No one else, if you think about it, can rest for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have to listen to our bodies because God made them to tell us when we need rest. Um, And this is something I've really had to practice. But when that body says stop, we need to stop. Um, So be willing to make adjustments to your day. That was one thing. Um, that, you know, was hard for me. I know it's hard for y'all. Be willing to just cut it off. Maybe y'all are better at this than I was, but take a nap. I mean, there's just nothing better than a nap. Um, It has (laughs) transformed my life as a mother and as a wife um, because face it, y'all, I mean, the time we get to spend with our husbands typically is very short in the evening. And if we're done by 4 o'clock or... Whatever time, I mean, what are we, that doesn't leave much. And it's a consistent thing happening Monday through Friday. So it doesn't add up to a very good, um, ah, good, good attitude. Anyway, um, take a short nap and eat a snack with your kids and be fresh and swipe on some lip gloss when he gets home. And, you know, we have to do that for ourselves. We can't, no one can rest for us. So... Another thing that helped me is just kind of thinking about the Sabbath. I mean, not necessarily Sunday, but do you have a day where you just don't work? Um, because it's not, I don't believe that, that it's a command for us today to set aside a whole, you know, 24 hours, but we can. I mean, it's a biblical thing, and it sure does help. When we put God first and we put our rest in his care, then, you know, he gets us ready. He gives us the time we need. It says in his word, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, he will give you everything you need to do what he's called you to do. So I know for me, I used to scramble around on Sundays and work so hard to get ready for the week that on Monday I was exhausted. So um, I've changed that, and I really like the Sabbath now, and, and actually it is Sunday that I do end up taking a big nap. So just think about it, pray about it. How could your family spend more downtime together? We don't have to be running so fast. Um, And just look into the scriptures and ask him, you know, how are you going to help me rest? So, and then Allison, a different kind of rest. um, Mental rest is the other thing we're going to talk about today under here. And this is something that I've had to learn recently. What I mean by mental rest is um, Leslie Berry and um, Morgan Buchek did reclaim the fun factor last May. a year ago today. And in there, she talked about the shallow end versus the deep end. And, and y'all, I'm a deep end person. Like I am 90 miles an hour and mentally all the time. My brain is firing. I have ideas. I'm the to-do list, the, the things to accomplish. Oh, I need to ask Marshall about this. And oh, there's this and community group this. And like, I just, my mind is just a constant, it's just like in the red zone, always running hot. Um, and I exhaust, I think, oh, I think about, um, it's like, oh, how do I engage my neighbors? It's how do I nurture, encourage, and strengthen, train y'all? And, and I think all the time, just all the time it's happening. I was yesterday with some friends and we're talking in the car and they start talking about, you know, I wish somebody would have told me about, um, 
I, I met with people when my kid was going to kindergarten and just I had all these questions da, 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 and I'm like, ooh, we should do that at the nest next year. And I'm like, really? And I'm like thinking and my mind's going and I have all these ideas now and something we should start next year. There's so many of them. And it's just all the time, all the time with me. And it's not just with the nest, it's with other things in my life too. And here's the deal. I exhaust the people in my life. <laughs> giggle, giggle. My husband um, is like, camp, shut it down. My maiden name was camp. So in the sports world, camp was what I was called all the time, or gator. Don't get me started on gator. Alligator, get it, gator? Anyways, uh, gator and camp, camp, shut it down. And I'm just like, I'm, hey, what about this? Hey, should we do this? Do we have these people over dinner? We talked about that. Da, 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 da. Oh, by the way, uh, da, 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 da. and it's just all the, all the time with all the time with the, those. And um, I exhaust the people in my life and um, exhaust the people in my life. And when Leslie Berry's talked about deep and shallow end, I was like, ooh, that's good. You can't stay in the deep end all the time. You got to come to the shallow end for a break what does that even mean? Like, I don't even understand that. Like, I don't even, I take a nap. Got it. I love me a nap, but I'm like, I truly am like, what do you mean by this? And then at the same time, my husband and I are talking, he's like, baby, you're wearing me out. And I'm like, okay, like, but when am I supposed to talk to you about these things that are unimportant? Cause you know, your time with your husband uninterrupted is like two seconds, right? It's like never. And so when I am with him on date or kids are in bed, it's like, dot, 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 you know, the checklist. <laughs> and he's like at work problem solving these big, massive things and million dollar projects and all these CEOs, blah, blah, blah. And he gets home and he's like, I got, I got no more problem solving in me. And I'm like, but I have a list of these things, you know, and you're supposed to help me. And anyways, um, and so he had to teach me. I'm like, I don't know what to do then. Like if we're together and I can't talk about these things, like, like, what, what do we do? And so um, <laughs> he did. I t- he taught me that I have to put some boundaries up. And the boundaries that I have to put up for myself, it starts with me and then it goes to our marriage. And um, the boundaries I've had to put up with myself is I have to allow myself some time and space to be lighthearted. I have to make myself have some time to be lighthearted. Um, and what that looks like is um, just last week or a few weeks ago, I was just done with all of, as much as I like love all these things and my mind is wired and I'm going, I'm activator and do, do, do. Like I do get up to a place of utter exhaustion and where I literally can't function. And I'm like, I can't do it. I don't have it in me. What do I need to do? Oh, reset, rely on the strength. Got it, Lord. Thanks for teaching me what you want me to teach them. Okay. And, um, and so I, I did, I had a preschool day, you know, my two bigs are in school. My little has preschool. And that day, you know, you know how it is on a preschool day. You've got the list and, um, everything in me wanted to just power through and get her done because I needed to. Um, I felt like I needed to, but the Lord was like, Martha, Martha, you need to reset with me. And uh, you want to know what is light and, and fun for me and resets and refuels me? Uh, uh-huh, I have a pool, and I went and I laid out in my backyard, and I had my music. You have learned that music fuels me. Had my music on, and it was on loud and proud next to me outside by my pool. And, y'all, I laid out. I took a nap by the pool for about 30 minutes. And then I woke up, and I read a book that, you know, I started six months ago, haven't really finished it. And then I took a deep breath and I got up and I was like, all right, here we go. And then I saw my to-do list and it's like, what, what do I have to do? Okay, you know what? This, this is urgent here. Let's go do that. And these other things, not really, just would really like to check them off my list, but not necessarily truly urgent. And so I gave myself some mental rest. And that is a practice that I have to implement. Like it does not come naturally to me to take a break, but I have to do that. And it helps my mental state. Um, also, I just alluded to it, just learning to identify 
the urgent from the pseudo-urgent. Um, you know what I mean. There are things that are truly urgent. Uh, you know, my oldest looks a little odd, and I'm like, are you wearing underwear? And he's like, no, Mom, my, my underwear's all dirty. And I'm like, okay, well, you have to wear underwear to school. And so urgent, washed Parker's clothes today. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's truly urgent. That's important. Um, he did want to flip them inside out. I thought that was disgusting. I hear that's a guy thing. My friend in the back did that in college. Anyway, sorry, Mike. Um, Marissa. Um, anyways, and so, you know, pseudo from the, uh, the pseudo-urgent from the urgent. Um, pseudo-urgent is like, you know when you pick up your phone from actually taking a break and there's like 1,400 text messages and I had like 30 boxers and Marco Polo, anybody Marco Polo with my siblings, hilarious. Like all of those are like, bing, bing, all these messages. And I'm like, oh, I need to go through them and read them and reply. And that's pseudo urgent. I'm scanning. Okay, this is urgent. Let me reply. You need me. But these things aren't. And, you know, it's, it's that balance of being a good friend and responsive, but also going like, I don't need to get anxiety about responding to these things immediately. Sometimes that's important. Sometimes it's not. And just learning to recognize that. Um, also, um, for mental rest for me is like my husband, you know, was like, hey, we got we to gotta not do all that all the time when we're together, um, all that to-do listing and, and checking things off. And so protecting, I've had to really practice protecting the time with my husband. And y'all, a lot of that's on me. It's not on him. A lot of that's on me to resist the urge to talk about our calendar, the next thing we need to do, the next place we need to go, um, this with that kid and this with the house and the finances, like a lot of that, I think we can help our husbands in um, having a closer relationship with each other by just resisting the urge to vomit on him. All of the things, right? All of the things that need to be discussed. And instead, allow yourself to be a friend with each other. And I, I forgot what that meant. Um, 12 years into marriage and three kids and four years and all that we do at our church that we love and the friends and the community we have and what we're involved with, like truly, like we're passionate about it. But um, in that, you kind of forget how to be a friend. And it's like, so if we're not talking about any of that, uh, what do we do? What do we do? And so he found this app. It's just that I'm going to plug it, but y'all, it's totally secular. It's not Christian. So just know that. But it's called the 36 Questions app. He found this app and we downloaded it. It was free. And it was just questions like, hey, what was your favorite memory as a child? Or something like that. But it was like lighthearted and not that cheesy. It was like good, deep. Like if there's one thing that you could do differently with your life, what would it be? If you could have the ultimate job, what would that be? And there were these great questions and we'd go to dinner and, and we'd open that up because I don't know what else to do. And, and he'd ask a question. And the next thing we know, we've talked for an hour and a half on this one question about, you know, what, what are your hopes and your dreams? And we had to learn to do that again. Um, Y'all, Bitmoji saved my marriage. <laughs> they did. Like, they're funny. Mm-hmm. Like, my husband is super, like, even keel, and I'm not. <laughs> and, like, so when I'm, like, sending him a text with words and, you know, no emotion, you can't feel it, and he's like, sure. I'm like, this is like a, yeah, sure. Like, that's what I needed. And he says, sure. And I'm like, what? And so he gets the emoji thing, and I do too. And now I have this bug-eyed, hilarious, like, oh, muffin, you know, like, responses from him. It's hilarious. Thank you for laughing, because I find it hilarious. And it's allowed us just to truly, like... He's sending them to you? Yes. Oh, awesome. He was with me the other day. 
in the car yesterday. <laughs> I got like the one, the tank when he's on empty. Yeah. He was empty. Woe is me. I need coffee. He's drugging to the car. Like it was hilarious. And I'm, you're, I love you right now. Like she's laughing. No, I get it too. Like all of y'all need to be laughing. Anyway, so it was just funny and it's good because it makes a hard moment. Like, you know, you're not connected all today or he's out of town and, and now you're laughing with each other, but you're not together. And and so protecting time with my husband. I have a question important. about the Bitmoji. Yeah. Did you make his Bitmoji, or did, no, he, totally he made you his own? You can't do it for him. You can't do it for no, him. No, I know, you but do, for you can make it cute like there. I made like one, there. and I started sending it to him, and he's like, "This is hilarious." But he what made his this? own avatar. Yeah, and thing. then I go, okay, "It's cool. here. See, you know, That's neat. put it on your phone." And then he does it. And then he did have a shirt, the poo shirt on. I go, "You no, no, no. redress." Redress, and he put a Hawaiian shirt on, and that was funny. <laughs> Anyways, and so he changed, you know. So it's just, I, you know, be lighthearted. I'm, you think I'm funny. Um, is it getadatebox.com or anybody? What is that? Something like that? We did that. It's 40 bucks a month. They send you a date in the, in the box in the mail. And, um, and y'all, it's like for somebody that has 10 hours for a date. I don't know. Like, I'm like, what? There's like, cook a meal, and then make dessert from scratch, and then have a campfire, and then do s'mores, and then play this card game. And I'm like... We're working with an hour here, and I'm, like, exhausted, so it needs to be, like, you know. So the date box will actually be, like, five dates for us. It's great. At home, and they're at home. And so the other night, we got it, and it was. It was, like, making candles and having s'mores and all this stuff. And so what we did, instead, we opened it, and it's like, man, I don't have, I, I can't do all that. Oh, the soup that we were supposed to simmer for four hours? <laughs> It's 9 p.m. We already had dinner. Okay. And so instead, we, but we opened it, and there were these cards about, um, it was an adventure theme. And so we did make the candles, and then there was a s'more kit, and it was like do it over your fire in your house or your, uh, what is it called, your stove. Like, you can do it. And we had a fire in our backyard, a campfire, a fire pit. So we went out there, and we lit the fire, and we did s'mores, and the questions were like, what's been your greatest adventure? You know, what would be your greatest adventure? You know, and, and we talked, and we laughed. And we went to bed, you know, like it was so good. That was funny. Anyways, and it was good. What else is in the box? I mean, hot and bothered. Anywho, God, this is recorded. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so embarrassing. Okay, and so all that being said, I need to wrap this up here. Um, and also, like, y'all, with my family and my friends, I exhaust them. Ask my community. They're all here. And I can exhaust them with all of my words and my ponderings and my thoughts. And so... One of the things that um, I've really had to do is say, be conscientious and resist the urge to problem solve, correct, coach, teach um, all the time. It exhausts my kids, it exhausts my friends, it exhausts my husband. In the book, Lasting Promise, great marriage book, it says a friend is someone who face, whose face lights up when you see and doesn't have immediate plans for your improvement. Mm. And I think as friends, we need to do a better job of that. I love our church. And we are, man, we are about um, intentionality. And y'all, this world needs intentional people. We need to be intentional with each other. When we see sin in each other, we need to lovingly expose it and call it what it is. But we also need to be gracious in our delivery. And sometimes I think we err on the side of being so intentional that we start, people start going, man, I don't, I don't really, really want to be around you because you are not refreshing to me. Every time I'm with you, you fix me. And there's that balance that we've just got to learn, and I've had to learn, and I'm the, the, the prime example there. Um, okay, and now we're going to move on to his strength in, our discon, um, in walking in discontentment. So where are you discontent? Um, 
Is it in your home, size, location, nice factor, HGTV look that it has, what, what's their name, Joanna and James. That, uh, them? Um, is it your spouse? Are you dissatisfied with your spouse? Let's be honest. There's something or multiple somethings. And newsflash, he would say the same thing about you. Um, and so kids, are you discontent with your, your children's situation? Ages, genders, number, age difference, you want more, um, their, their personalities, their challenges. That was funny. Okay. Um, you know, yourself, are you discontent with yourself? Like, y'all, I have flaws that, that just, I wish weren't there, you know? Like, I wish I didn't struggle in that way. I wish I wasn't so wordy, and I wish um, I could be more concise and more like, quick to the, the punch, and I'm not, and I hate that about myself, but at the same time, my strength, my weakness makes me strong, um, and so where are you, like, dissatisfied? Is it in your body, figure? Let's be honest, babies are hard on a mama, um, and so Matt Chandler has this quote that says, all women's sin struggles fall into two categories, and the two categories are comparison and perfection, and when we allow comparison to rob our joy. When we take our eyes off our path, off eyes off our road and start looking at someone else's and thinking they have it better or easier, wish we had that. And all these things, kids, marriages, homes, jobs, circumstances. Um, when we strive to be the perfect wife, the perfect mom, have the perfect home, um, be the perfect, I don't know, fill in the blank, whatever it is for you, when we strive for perfection and when we compare or let comparison rob our joy, we wind up discontent, right? And so what do we do when we're discontent? Um, what does God's word say? God's word says that contentment is a choice. Philippians 4, 11, 13, I was the girl with I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me on my letter jacket. And it, to me at the time, it meant like I can win this game and beat you at that game like it was totally. Um, I have learned in my, um, my aging, in my older years, that that's not what that means. Um, he is capable. But what that verse means is I, you can learn to be content in whatever circumstances because I can give you the strength to do so. In those verses, he talks about um, you can get along in humble means. Um, I know what it lives to live in prosperity or in, uh, in humble, with humble means. In every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled by God. And that is that he gives me the strength to be content. Um, anybody here when, uh, I don't ever say your name right, Johnny Erickson Tata, mm -hmm. right? Like so amazing. She said, you know, she's a quadriplegic for those of you who don't know, and she came and spoke at our church. And she says, y'all, every day I wake up and, and I pray I wasn't, I'm not quadriplegic. She's like, I can't do anything on my own. I have to have help with everything that I do. And she's like, and every day I wake up and I'm like, Lord, I don't want this. I don't want to be here. I want somebody else's life. But she says, I don't have, and she's like, I don't have a smile. I hate my life, you know, through gritted teeth. And then she goes, but Lord, you have a smile to give to, through me today. And so that's what it means to choose contentment is to say, I don't have it. I'm not just, I'm, I am discontent. I'm dissatisfied with this, but Lord, help me to be content because you give me the strength to do so. Um, some practical steps here. I need to speed it up. Some practical steps here is how are you feeding your discontentment? Um, I don't know what it is for you, but magazine shows, movies, social media, 
Are you feeding it? Um, Joni, Johnny said, feed the spirit, starve the flesh. So, and Jill said, you can't just dismiss a thought, you have to replace it. So if you're discontent, what are you, how are you feeding that flesh, that, that discontentment? And then how do, you need to, how do you need to starve it and now feed the, the spirit in you? And so how you start feeding the spirit as y'all, the first and foremost is just practice thankfulness. Challenge yourself. Look for what you can be thankful. I don't know. Find a hundred things, a thousand things. Get a journal. Write it down. A note on your phone. A lot of people are Instagramming that right now. You know, hashtag 987 reasons why I'm thankful. That's great as long as your heart is in the right place when you're doing that. But find a way to practice thankfulness and um, and share that with the Lord and thank Him for that. It'll help your heart. Your heart will grow content when you begin to focus on what you do have to be thankful for. And then um, lastly, we're going to talk about what does his strength in our walking look like with our commitments. And so I feel like um, this one is something we almost asked, but then we felt like we should deliver it. And and what that looks like is I think that there are two two groups of people in this room. There are the yes people and the no people. Uh Uh-huh, right? Who are yes people? And who are no people? Anybody? No, yes and no. What I mean by that, the yes people, you're the folk that are going to say yes right away without thinking about it. You are the go-to gal for anything that you're a part of. You thrive on going and doing, and you probably need to cut back. Um, The no people, it's the opposite. Your first response is no. You see a commitment is really bigger than it really is, and you probably need to step it up a little bit and start saying yes. And so, sorry. Um, and so, uh, we yes people need to be slower to say yes. Um, we yes and no people need to see the commitments as they really are. Ask those around us to help us to recognize if we're truly counting an accurate cost of the commitment that's been requested of us. Um, we need to be aware that we'll likely yoke to people that are wired differently. And Mm -hmm. so I'm a yes person and I'm wired, I'm married to a husband that is more of a no person he counts the costs and sees the weight of them probably more accurately than I do. And so I'm yoked <laughs> to that. And so I need to make sure that when I'm saying yes to things, that I'm not forgetting him. Your kids, y'all, your kids, their personalities. I have a kid that will go, 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 go. And I have a kid that will not. Like he will meet his quota and melt. And I've got to recognize that and adjust accordingly our commitments as a family. And as the woman of the household, that's your job. I mean, Titus too talks about women. Our job is to, to be workers of our home and lovers of, respect our husband and lovers of our kids and teach and train them. And all about that role is our job to be a helpmate and helping the condition of our home to be a place of restoration and um, restorement and a place where they can come and get, re- it's a refueling station. And if we're going, 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 going all the time and we're doing and doing, then it's probably not. And if you're not and you're at home, or not even just at home, and you're, you're saying no to a lot, you might be missing out on being a part of a really cool thing that God mm-hmm. wants you to do. And so my admonition to you guys is always, with all commitments, remember your priorities first. Are you walking faithfully with the Lord and abiding with Him? How is your marriage? Are you giving that the time and intention that you need to give? I don't care what He's doing. I'm asking you what you're doing. With your children, are you loving them and discipling as you walk and as you go and and Deuteronomy 6 step. Those are our priorities, y'all. Make no mistake, those are our priorities. 
Then the last one is everyone else. That's ministry, that's neighbors, that's your friends' kids, that's everything else. And so as, as we process commitment, ask yourself, how am I doing in these areas? Are you giving so much of your time away that those priorities are suffering unnecessarily? Um, or are you so focused on your own comforts that you're missing out on God using you to do something for his kingdom? And so some practical steps with this topic is um, who are you yoked to? Ask your question and identify your, your kiddos and your husband or the people that you're responsible for. Um, how, who are you yoked to? What are they like? And then also be aware of seasonal rhythms. And what I mean by that is I'm finally recognizing that my family September's cray-cray and March through May is crazy. Um, September's crazy because everything's starting. March through May is batty because four out of five birthdays, Easter, spring break, um, anniversary. We both coach soccer teams for our kids. That's how it's just so, so I know that about our calendar. So September and March through May, if there's requests, those are handled very cautiously. What I say yes to, because I know, oh, and March through May is heavy nest time for me. Like we're planning, we've already planned like next year. Like that's what we do in March through May. And so knowing that's happening, I'm very careful about what I say yes to in those seasons. And then lastly, um, I'm aware that my husband's job, when he's starting a project at work, like I've just learned that that's really, really intense for him. And so I need to be aware of his work calendar, not like literally knowing his calendar of events, but like he's doing that right now. And so I just need to know that I need to make sure what I'm saying yes to for our family or that his commitment is involved. Like I just need to really tread carefully and allow him to, to do what he needs to do to be um, energized as well. And then also just establish some no phone zone times, no work zone times, no computer times. Like I have no phone zone um, times that I have in the past done a really good job of sticking to. My community group needs to hold me accountable on doing that again. Um, but there are certain times of the day that like I just don't do um, heavy mental task things um, and I don't pick up my phone. And so for me, that's of course before my kids go to school in the morning, um, that's like during meal times. And that's right after my pickup, my big kids from big school. Um, those times, I just, I just, my phone needs to be tucked away because it is a deterrent for me. Um, I can trace rabbit trails on that sucker. I might start to do something that's really important, but then the next thing I know, I'm looking at the weather for the 15th time that day. <laughs> I don't know, and why? Anyway, so I need to put some boundaries around that. Um, okay, Jill, I think okay. you're at. Be so, honest. We uh, need to speed shift it up, over to sure. the left side of your paper again. We're gonna, I'm gonna zoom through these last three things. Um, we're still, we've identified our weaknesses. I think we've spent plenty of time doing that. Um, so now, just to be honest with ourselves and God and with others. So this is just being authentic and humble. If you're looking, where do I need help? Sharing your needs for strength with your community group, with your close friends, um, and with God in prayer, looking to see what David did. Um, some of my favorite things right here, Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. He asked God, show me any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 51, create in me a new heart, O God. Um, renew a steadfast spirit within me. Help me to obey is what he was saying. Psalm 86, 11, he said again, teach me your ways, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name. So humility is looking like confession, repentance, seeking forgiveness for these areas and being transparent as we do that. So let's just be, be honest. Next, um, we're gonna 
harp on asking for help and accountability. Y'all, be, don't be afraid to ask for help. We all need help. Um, it's humbling and it's healing to do that. It might be time off. It might be time in prayer. It might be, I need to go to do a ministry that we have here at Watermark, like regeneration or re-engage for marriages. Um, maybe just you need prayer. Um, be courageous in asking. Um, for me, it might look like a text to my, my community girls. Hey, I'm struggling with this right now, or I blew it doing this, or please pray for me. Um, I'm really anxious right now, or I'm starting to be. So just anything, give it to others. Let them help bear your burden. Um, a counselor, y'all, I mean, it is so refreshing to share with a counselor that you love that can help you process things. Ask me if you need to know things like that. I mean, it is awesome. It just is very cleansing. Um, for me, it also might look like taking off on a walk. If I need to clear my head and my heart real quick, I just need to get some fresh air. Um, and also maybe just being having a welcoming spirit um, with my husband or my kids with constructive criticism. Like giving them the freedom to say, hey, especially my older kids, where do, what do I need to do better? Like, am I bugging you? Would you help me to know? Like... You know, if it's sin, okay, not just am I annoying you, but older kids are great at that. They will call us out on things. Um, So give them that freedom if you feel like it's time. Um, And then search the scriptures to find the answers for your need, y'all. It's there. It is there in the word. Um, He will meet your needs through his word. Proverbs 15, 31, whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. And then finally, the best thing, be expectant. Girls, I mean, God is at work. He is working in you, in me. He is working in everybody around us, and he has got big plans. Um, He longs to bless you. He loves you dearly, dearly. Um, and wants to strengthen you in his perfect timing and wants to strengthen me. We can personalize his promises. Look in the word. I do this all the time. Um, It is not weird. Put your name in there. Um, He will keep in perfect peace Jill, whose mind is steadfast because she trusts in him. Um, The Lord is good to Jill. This is Lamentations. Whose hope is in him to Jill who seeks him. So be expectant. Take him at his word. He's ready to show you what he can do. And so um, just to recap, so what it means to be anchored in strength means first uh, take a new grip to reset because our, 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 our weeks are weary and our, what is it? Our knees are weak and our um, <laughs> weak knees and They're weak tired, knees and tired hands. hands. Our weak knees and tired hands. So we need to reset. And then we need to also rely on his strength. And relying on his strength looks like identifying where you're lacking, where you need to replace his strength with yours. It looks like being honest with God, yourself, and others. It means asking for accountability and help, and it means being expectant. And uh, my friend Beth's going to come up here and going to bless our socks off with a moment of just reflecting on all we learned today. Um, But I want to close you with a visual image, and the visual image is what it means to be anchored in his strength. And I was at gymnastics the other day um, with my daughter, and I'm there with my three kids, and my um, this lady was there with four kids, one was in gymnastics that was eight-ish. She had a like kindergartner age, a, a preschooler that was learning to read, and a nursing baby. She walks in with all the things, all, you know, all those things that she has with her. She sits down, covers nursing baby next to her is preschool, who she is helping read, 
Next on the other side is the kindergartner that's reading to himself out loud and her other daughter's in gymnastics. And she's, good job, good job, okay, okay. And she's listening, yeah, oh, good job. Okay, that's, says, 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 stop. Good, good, good. And she's over here. And then her husband calls and she picks up the phone. And she's like, hey, baby, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've already taken care of that. I picked up your dry cleaning. It's fine. And like, she's doing all this. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> and I go up to her and I say, Hi, my name's Allison, and you're amazing. And I just wanted you to know that you're doing a really great job. Because my oldest one is older. He's out throwing a football with a friend, and my two littles are in gymnastics. And I go, I just want you to know that you're doing an amazing job. Do you go to church? And she's like, girlfriend, I rely on Jesus for all my strength. Of course I go to church. And I'm like, can I use you as an example? Because that's what anchored in his strength is. Anchored in his strength is that. Like, like she's doing all those things with those babies, and she is patient, she is kind, she is gentle, like, like that is Jesus in her. Because if it isn't, then I mean, we're, stop touching me for the love scoot over, you know? Like, yes, I see you on the trampoline, that's great. Like, like that's what our flesh will do, right? When we're weary and exhausted. But she wasn't. And y'all, that's what it means to be anchored in his strength. And so right now, we want to spend a few minutes hopefully to restore your soul and to reflect on all that we just learned and listen to my friend Beth sing a song over us. I will run and not grow weary. I will
that you feel a bit restored today and renewed. And so let's spend a little bit of time, the rest of our time together, discussing at your tables um, our question about where do you need to replace your strength with his? And, um, and then you can dismiss yourselves around 1155 to go get your precious little ones downstairs. Thanks. Thanks.